It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today on Locked On Blue Jays, we continue our deep dive of what we've seen so far at the midway point of the season. Today, getting into the pitching. That's in the first two segments. And in the third and final segment, we'll get the stage set for this three-game series as the red-hot San Francisco Giants come to town for a three-gamer against the Toronto Blue Jays at the Rogers Center. And also in that third and final segment, of course, today is Trivia Tuesday. You are Locked On Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. First year host of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, but in my own personal life, been locked on the Toronto Blue Jays ever since I can remember. Certainly thank you and appreciate you for spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. Of course, Locked On Blue Jay podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to remind you that you can catch all the Toronto Blue Jay games this season on SiriusXM. If you're taking this in on YouTube, hello to you. Please hit that like, drop that comment, and hit that subscribe. If you're one of the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen, I want to thank you for that as well. Hit that five-star review and help spread the word as well to your family and friends about the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. San Francisco Giants in town for the first time since 2019. We're going to get set for that series in the third and final segment. For now, in the first and in the second segment, let's continue what we started yesterday, which is deep diving what we've seen at the midway point so far for your Toronto Blue Jays. Let's start by deep diving the first half from what we've seen from tonight's starter, Kevin Gosman. So yes, Gosman, I mean, remember the, the midway point is officially tomorrow. So Gosman will get one more start to add to his official midway point of the season, you know, production. But do we even need to see another start from Kevin Gosman to know how we're going to go ahead and, and, and look at and evaluate the first half that he's had in 2023? Has he been good? My goodness. 7 and 3 record 3.10 ERA for Kevin Gosman. Blue Jays 10 and 6 in Kevin Gosman starts that includes winning his last 6 starts again heading into tonight hopefully 7 coming tonight. Tonight will be the 8th home start for Gosman at Rogers Center in the previous 7 the Blue Jays have won 5 of those games. Gosman himself 16 starts on the season tonight's the 17th. I mean we know this guy workhorse, right? Absolute workhorse. In those 16 starts, three stinkers, right? Open, honest conversation, three stinkers. At Houston, he was rocked. At Boston, he was rocked. And at home against Minnesota, remember last year against Minnesota at Rogers Center, didn't do well there either. One of those scenarios where sometimes a pitcher has the number of a franchise, sometimes the franchise has the number of a pitcher, right? Minnesota, for whatever reason, hits Gosman very well. So did have those three starts there. Now, outside of those three starts, and by the way, you can really see a Gosman stinker coming right out the gate, can't you? That's something that this first half taught us. Right away on those three stinkers, you could see that Gosman's control wasn't nearly as good as as sharp as what it usually is, and you could see the velocity was down. So it's very measurable. It's very, very obvious early. For whatever reason, Gosman's tired. I, I don't know, but you, you can see in those games that it's going to be a scuffle. Now, of course, for the, you know, thank goodness as a Toronto Blue Jay fan, it's very few and far between. We're talking about three starts here out of 16. How about those other 13 starts? Can can we can we give some love to those other 13 starts? Because they've been iPop emoji. Blue Jays 9 and 4 in those other 13 starts for Gosman. Gosman's ERA in those other 13 starts is 1.36. That's Cy Young. That's Cy Young on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays in the first half of this season. 13 of those 16 starts, stellar. 86 innings pitched in those 13 starts. So that's an average of six and two-thirds innings. Again, workhorse, right? 
in those 86 innings, 114 strikeouts. I pop emoji. I mean, holy moly. Only 18 walks in there. So that's a strikeout to walk ratio of 6.33 strikeouts for every walk. This is a video game out here. Kevin Gosman in the first half so far, I say again, so far he's starting tonight, 75 strikeouts from the splitter alone. Every dayers will know we've deep dived Kevin Gosman's splitter a few times here. I mean, it is a top tier pitch in all of baseball. How many pitchers this season won't get 75 strikeouts for the uh, for the entire season, right? Uh, Kevin Gosman's sitting at 75 and counting just on the splitter alone. One home run. One home run this splitter's been touched for. He throws it more than any other pitch, and, and we know how good it is. One home run. It's been thrown how many times? How many, you know, batters had a chance for that? 75 strikeouts versus one home run. This pitch, I mean, my goodness. Uh, uh, Gosman's um, whiff rate on the splitter in the first half of the season was 43%. I think last season, I think it was 44%. Like, just so consistent and so dominant with this pitch. And the first half of 2023 was no exception for Kevin Gosman. How about Jose Barrios? Because there was exceptions for Jose Barrios, right? The 2023 Jose Barrios, significantly better than what we saw in 2022, or certainly the first half anyway. Overall, Barrios sitting at 8-5. and five. His ERA is at 3.60. Now, again, Gosman will pitch tonight to close out the first half, and Gosman has seven wins. So Gosman could get, and we hope does get, his eighth win tonight. If he does, that will tie him with Jose Barrios. Barrios has eight wins at the midway point. That leads the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays 10 and 6 when Barrios has been on the mound. And not only has he been hot lately, but the Blue Jays have been hot lately when he's been pitching because they've won eight of Barrios' last 10 starts. Last season, and, and every day as we know, we looked a lot at this as well. Blue Jays were 14 and 2 at Rogers Center last season when Jose Barrios started. I mean, <laughs> just winning games left around. 14 and 2 at Rogers Center. 5 and 1 in the first half this season at the Rogers Center. And I know we're looking at first halves of the seasons here. I just want to digress real quick here because I, I think this deserves a shout out. It, since the, the uh, Jose Barrios became a Toronto Blue Jay, he started as a Toronto Blue Jay for the Jays at the Rogers Center 29 times. The Blue Jays are 23 and 6 in those games. I mean, if you're like me and winning is the name of the game, because Barrios had the highest ERA in baseball last season, right? It, aesthetically, it wasn't pleasing. But the Blue Jays were 23 and 9 when he pitched last season, 14 and 2 at home, 23 and 6 overall when he's been at home. And that's incredible. In those six losses, by the way, the Blue Jays have totaled seven runs. Pardon? So in those 29 home starts for the Toronto Blue Jays from Jose Barrios, and, and he's been on the and Barrios has been on the mound at the Rogers Center. If the Blue Jays offense did anything, the Blue Jays are winning that game. The Blue Jays have won with Barrios on the mound at home. I know we're, we're looking at the first half, but I just think that is just so, so impressive. Now, speaking of so, so impressive, well, it didn't start this way, right? You remember the first couple starts that Barrios had this season? He was rocked by Ken at Kansas City. He was rocked at LA. In those first two starts, he had already given up 12 earned runs. He'd only pitched about six or seven innings in total because he got rocked both times. And, and his ERA was over 11 in those first two starts. And he's had 14 starts since then. Blue Jays are 10 and 4 over those 14 starts. Barrios himself is 8 and 3 over those 14 starts since those first two where he was rocked this season. Jose Barrios, worst ERA in baseball last season, 2.74 ERA. That gets a holy moly. That gets a holy moly. I mean, <laughs> worst ERA in baseball last season. This season currently sits at number 30 in baseball, number 16 in the American League currently. Jose Barrios. 
the top five pitchers last season for ERA, Jose Barrios currently has a better ERA than any of those guys. And there's other big names as well. I mean, Barrios right now has had a better ERA than than Shane Bieber, uh, Spencer Strider, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns. Jose Barrios, first half of this season. My goodness. What have we, and and that's the the actual you know stats the the eye test what have we seen was well, significantly better command of that fastball in general we've seen Jose Barrios in the first half be on the corners way more often than missing in the middle of the plate right the location has been quite the big deal and what have we seen in the first half that I've loved and that I think is sustainable and and really the the cause for optimism for Jose Barrios going forward he's been living at the bottom of the strike zone. Has he been missing his pitches elevated in, in the middle of the plate at, at all, or or even on the corners elevated? It's been at the bottom of the strike zone. Jose Barrios in the first half of 2023 was a ground ball machine, and I loved it. How about the hound on the mound? How about Chris Bassett? And, and if you're wondering about Alec Manoa, remember, of course, we looked at Alec Manoa already yesterday when, when we started our deep dive of the, of the Blue Jays at the midway point. So let's get into Chris Bassett. Bassett, 7-5 and five overall, ERA 4.32, and that ERA has really ballooned lately. Bassett has struggled lately for having an open, honest conversation. He he limped to the to the finish line of, of the first half of the season. You know, guys like Kikuchi we'll look at in a second, guys like a Barrios, Gosman. There's a, there's, a, there's a few Blue Jay pitchers who thankfully charged to the finish line to the first half of the season. Chris Bassett, no, that was not the case. Blue Jays in the first half, just 8-8. Eight and eight when Bassett on the mound, and that includes losing five of his last seven starts. As I say, he... He is scuffling. We looked earlier at how, you know, Kevin Gosman is feast or famine, you know, a little bit of famine, so much feast, right? A little bit of famine. Bassett is feast and famine as well, but it's way more evened out. We'd like to see it uh, a little bit more in the feast favor. I mean, you, you look at the feast, Kevin Bassett, or Kevin, I'm sorry, Chris Bassett has had seven starts this season, seven where he's gone into at least into the seventh inning. I thought every single one of those starts were absolute gems. You had that complete game gem. But like we've seen some feast starts for Chris, but from Chris Bassett. But man, have we seen some famine starts from Chris Bassett? He allowed seven runs to Minnesota. He allowed eight runs to Baltimore. He allowed nine runs to St. Louis. In six of his sixteen starts, the Hound has gone five innings or less for the Toronto Blue Jays. So. And we we're talking earlier with Gosman. You can see it coming right away when you can see it's just not going to be his day. With Bassett, it's it's more been a little bit more prolonged, and then all of a sudden you see him getting you know taken out in in the third or the fourth inning, and the other team's got a definite crooked number on the board, and that's happened significantly too many times in the first half this season. I like Chris Bassett. I'm excited about Chris Bassett being a Blue Jay. I think he's the definition of a professional pitcher. But we always just have open, honest conversations here on Locked On Blue Jays, right? And overall, seven and five record overall. Blue Jays eight and eight in the first half for Chris Bassett. No, no, it definitely needs to be better than that. Now there are a few things we can point at to to get better. You know, the concrete things that 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 could help the, um, this scenario get better in the second half. The first is let's look at the uh, with Danny Jansen for example. So the, the Hound has thrown on the mound to Danny Jansen five times in the first half. His ERA with Danny Jansen on, uh, as the catcher over ten. I will say that again. Five starts with Danny Jansen, five times pitching to Danny Jansen in the first half for Chris Bassett, and his ERA is over 10. How about the flip side of the coin? And unfortunately, because we don't know when Alejandro will be back, right? Alejandro Kirk finishes the first half of the season on the injured list, but Alejandro Kirk has caught Bassett 11 times in the first half, and the, and Bassett's ERA with Kirk behind the mound in those 11 starts, big sample size, 1.75. 
but an eight and a half run differential in an ERA, whether it's Danny Jansen back there or Alejandro Kirk back there. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But the first half of the season, those those splits are are monumentally different. So definitely need Alejandro Kirk back. Heck, Kirk and Bassett even did a good job together with the running game. They're even working in unison to, to help curb the running game. With Kirk and Bassett together, uh, opponents have tried to steal seven times, and they've been thrown out three of those seven times. They're successful four times and thrown out three times. So Kirk and Bassett, for whatever reason, working really well together, need him back. Now, a few things that are that definitely want to see continue from Bassett in the second half. The opponents are hitting just 230 versus Bassett. That's certainly worth mentioning. That is the best on the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the night starts as well. Chris Bassett, veteran pitcher, right? Whatever the legit routine is to get yourself ready for a night start, Chris Bassett has mastered it. He's had a dozen night starts as a Toronto Blue Jay in the first half. Seven and three record. All seven of his wins were in night starts. 2.55 ERA. We also want to see Chris Bassett continue to do what he's been doing at home at the Rogers Center. I really wondered about this because Chris Bassett is traditionally a fly ball pitcher. Then he gets signed and the Blue Jays announced they're moving in the fences. So I wondered how what, what he thought of that, but... Man, if he did have any concern about it, it, it hasn't been on display. He's had seven starts at the Rogers Center, and his whip at home, his walks and hits per innings pitched, 0.820. That's an eye-pop emoji, man. That is, that, is, that is video game numbers. That is incredible. His worst home start was his last time out against the A's. Again, right? He, he's limped to the finish line of this first half, but every other start he had at home, absolutely want that to continue. The last thing we'll mention on Chris Bassett that definitely cannot continue is we mentioned opponents hitting just 230. That's great. That's the best, just 230. That's the best on the Blue Jays. But when you look at the breakdown, really tells a story of uh, really, really backs up what the eye test tells us from the first half of the season as well. The righties hitting just 130, or sorry, 183 against Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is dominating right handed batters. Lefties, 280 against the Hound on the mound, 280. Lefties have had 20 fewer at-bats so far this season against Bassett, but of the 16 home runs he's allowed, 13 to the lefties. The lefties are hitting, and they're hitting for power against Chris Bassett. Now, we've seen in the first half that he threw his cutter a lot to lefties. So, going, you know, in the second half, either a tweak to that pitch or at the very least a tweak to the strategy, you know, your pitch selection to lefties. You've noticed uh, in the last, you know, as we closed the first half of the season, what did we see opponents doing against Chris Bassett? It was anybody in the organization that was a lefty. Here's your playing ticket. Grab your bat. You're playing Chris Bassett uh, tomorrow at the Rogers Center at 7:07. Like, and they teams are stacking the lineup with lefties because the hound on the mound. The last few weeks, as we closed the first half of the season, boy, he's really struggled against those lefties. Coming right up on Locked On Blue Jays, we continue our first half deep dive of the pitching staff, and we're about to get into a very pleasant first half surprise. You say Kikuchi. Plus, we'll look at the bullpen. Reminder that you can catch tonight's Jays-Giants game on SiriusXM. I wanted to mention that for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your car, right? To your vehicle. All the parts need to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. You just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors, over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. 
Guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win. But you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Speaking of those lefties, how about the left-handed pitcher in this Blue Jay rotation? How about you say Kikuchi? My goodness. Should I stand up? I'll be out of the frame. It's probably not good for the YouTube. But, I mean, is this a standing ovation for what we've seen from the first half of the season from Yusei Kikuchi? It's not even just enough to say that that he's been really good, you know, for a fifth starter, right? That For me personally, every day is no. For my money, that would already be good enough. It's not even enough to say that. He's been really good, period. He closes the first half of the of the season at seven and two. That ties his career high for wins. He was seven and nine in 20, uh, 20, uh, 2021, Sorry, so seven and nine. But he's seven and two right now. He's gotten his ERA in the threes. Blue Jays eleven and five. When you say Kikuchi's taking the mound this season, and everydayers will know we've deep dived the schedule intricacies a lot. The, the first half of the schedule, such a bear and so road heavy. So Kikuchi's had you know a lot of those roads. So he's had nine road starts already this season. Blue Jays are six and three on the road with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Yes, he leads the league with 20 home runs allowed, but I started losing track. So it's either 13 or 14. I'm not sure the exact number, but I'm sure it's either 13 or 14 of those league leading 20 home runs have been solo home runs. doesn't mean it's good or anything like that. It's still a home run, right? But man, you talk about limiting damage. That's been the difference with Yusei Kikuchi in the first half of this season. This first half in 2023 for Kikuchi had to be the best half of baseball he's ever pitched at the professional level, allowing significantly fewer base runners than ever before in his career. And Kikuchi's always struggled with with wildness, right? So we know the walks, but he's always hit a lot of batters as well. In the first half of this season, he hit just one batter. In the first half of this season, he's got the lowest whip of his career. In the first half of the season, he's got the best strikeout to walk ratio in his career. And in the first half, Yusei Kikuchi finished the first half with five straight starts, lowering that ERA. He's got it under four now, into the threes. That's on the strength of finishing strong. Yusei Kikuchi, my goodness, just continue what you've been doing. If that ERA, that ERA right now is hovering at 397, so it's hovering around four, totally fine, totally fine. If if we can see even 70 to 80% in the second half of what we saw from Yusei in this first half, okay. Okay, okay, that's not your typical number five starter, so I will be very pleased with that. How about the bullpen? Jordan Romano leads baseball, or sorry, well, he's tied for the lead in, in MLB with 23 saves. How about Eric Swanson? His 19 holds leads all of baseball. So from a fan base where a lot of people are pretty concerned about the back end of the bullpen, in the first half of the season, nobody had a closer with more saves than the Toronto Blue Jays in the first half of the season. Nobody had a setup man with more holds than Eric Swanson. And in the first half, did anybody have a, a lefty relief pitcher as good as Tim Meza? Can we shout out Tim Meza in the first half that we just saw this guy have? Take your mind's eye back. You remember opening day, Meza came in. Remember, remember that insanely entertaining, and thank goodness the Jays won that 10-9 thriller on, on opening day and at St. Louis. Well, you may remember Tim Meza. He came into that game. He faced three batters. They all got a hit. There was a run scored in there as well. Now, since then, since that was opening day. 
Since then, he's had 36 appearances, totaling 27 innings, three runs allowed. So since opening day, Tim Meza, over 36 appearances, has an ERA of 1, 1.00. I'm going to ask, is that good? Holy moly, Tim Meza has been outstanding for the Toronto Blue Jays. Trevor Richards in the first half, trying to become the poor, at least the poor man's version anyway, right? Of the 2022 Ross Stripling. He's trying to be that combo, you know, opener, reliever, long inning guy. In the first half of this season, we saw Trevor Richards have a dozen outings where he went more than an inning for the Toronto Blue Jays. So again, I mean, he's really come to the rescue to eat some innings a few times. 53 strikeouts in the first half of the season for Trevor Richards, 40 of them, 40 of the 53 from the changeup. I mean, Trevor Richards' changeup is as top tier as Kevin Gosman's splitter. It is incredible. In the first half this season, opponents hit 111 versus Trevor Richards' changeup. <laughs> loving. I'm loving it. And finally, last thing we'll look at in the bullpen, we 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 looked at yesterday, you know, one of the one of the bad news stories in for the rotation. No, I should say the bad news story for the pitching staff for, for the Blue Jays in general in the first half of the season is whatever the heck has happened to Alec Manoa. He's not even with the team anymore. Well, somebody who didn't start the season with the team that in the first half is now with the team. And I think we see a lot more from him coming in the second half. Nate Pearson. Want to shout out Nate Pearson. 20 appearances. Now, overall, I know I know Pearson's numbers aren't, you know spectacular, but I want to say this and follow me on this now here, Nate Pearson, he's had 20 appearances four times in those 20 appearances. He's pitched back-to-back games. And on the second game of that back-to-back games, all four times he's been absolutely rocked. So of those 20 appearances, there's been 16. So the vast majority, 16 appearances where uh, he, where that wasn't the case, where Pearson came in, had at least one game between appearances. So they've got Pearson stretched out, right? They've got him ready to pitch between, you know, six to eight batters. But for whatever reason, he's not ready for that back-to-back games just yet. So look at those 16 appearances where there was at least one game between the appearances. 22 innings pitched, 24 strikeouts, four runs allowed. That's a 1.67 ERA. Blue Jay fans have been clamoring for that back-of-the-bullpen arm that throws fire. That's a strikeout-per-inning-pitched guy. Nate Pearson over a strikeout per innings pitched. And in those 16 appearances, again, where, where, where there was at least one game between those appearances, 1.67 ERA. I'm really excited about what Nate Pearson can be for the Toronto Blue Jays in the second half of this season. Now, in our third and final segment today, San Francisco Giants, red, red, red hot. We'll look at that in a minute here. They are in town as the Blue Jays continue this nine-game homestand. Overall, the the franchise records between these two franchises over the course of their time together blue jays 10 wins 13 losses yeah they've only played 23 times but in your mind's eye right you're having a hard time remembering (laughs) a whole lot of action between the giants and the blue jays well we know balanced schedule now right so get used to seeing the san francisco giants come to town and the blue jays head to san francisco once every single season going forward now so far this season only the tampa bay rays are better versus winning teams so my goodness the the blue jays are, are just this is just just a tough 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 series on uh, it was a few Sundays ago, the uh, it was June 10th, Sunday, June 10th. The Giants were shut out at home by Kyle Hendricks and the Chicago Cubs. Now, since then, they've rhymed off, they, they're on a 12 and 2 run. They've rhymed off 12 wins in the 14 games that have followed. And if you want an even bigger sample size, over the last 38 games, San Francisco has lost just 11 times. They're 27 and 11 the last 38 games. The Toronto Blue Jays over that same span, just 19 and 19. 
April 24th, 2019. That's the last time the Giants were in Toronto. That was a 4-0 Giant victory. That was a little mini, a mini little two-game series that San Fran was in town for. San Fran won both the games. That April 24th, that second game, 4-0 as Drew Pomeranz. A shout-out to Blue Jays. that the, the San Fran beat Clay Buckholz that day. Remember, Clay Buckholz was a Blue Jay for a few starts there. Uh, Brandon Belt. Of course, longtime superstar, right? Not just uh, not just a superstar for the San Francisco Giants, beloved by that fan base, picking up steam with the Blue Jay fan base, of course, as well. Well, Belt was one for two in that game with a pair of walks. Of course he did, right? Of course, of course, Brandon Belt had a pair of walks in any game we're ever talking about with him, of course. Uh, former Blue Jays Kevin Pillar and Joe Panic actually hit eighth and ninth in the lineup for the Giants uh, in that game. They combined to go one for seven. The only two Toronto Blue Jays that remain from that game are Danny Jansen and Tim Meza. As I said, the Giants would sweep that little two-game series back in 2019. In the first game of that series, Belt and Panic would hit home runs for the Blue Jays. Billy McKinney, who's hot right now for the New York Yankees, would hit a home run. The, the Giants doing a lot of winning, right? Very accurate, very accurate. I would say it's almost similar to the Marlins is that it's an offense you don't have to be too concerned about, but but they'll play the game right and they'll they'll play fundamentally sound uh, offensively. Uh, defensively, they're the worst team in baseball. So, so hopefully that's going to continue during this series. Uh, offensively, their leading hitter is Tyler Wade at 285. So they don't even have anybody hitting 300. Uh, Tyro Estrada is their is their base stealing threat. He's stolen 17 bases this season, only been caught three times, but you're not going to see a lot of action on the base pass at the Rogers Center from the opponents in this three-game series. The so uh, Tyro leads Tyro Estrada leads them at 17 steals. The second most steals on the team has three. Has three. I mean, from a in all of baseball, only Minnesota and Colorado have fewer stolen bases so far than the San Francisco Giants. Now, they are number nine, so they're a top 10 team. They're number nine in home runs. To, to be honest, San Fran's about eighth or ninth ranked in, in almost all the offensive categories. So good, but not great. Now, they do have 30 saves. Believe it or not, they've got seven different relievers that have earned a save so far this season. The I mean, <laughs> really, really incredible there. Again, I'll say the worst defense in baseball. Uh, Lamonte Wade over at first base. Uh, he leads baseball in errors for thir- for first baseman. J.D. Davis over at third base, not doing much better himself. He already has five errors. Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto is a name that Blue Jay fans will recognize. A lot of Blue Jay fans wanted Conforto to be that left-handed outfielder that to get brought in in, in the offseason. Not a Kiermaier, not a trade for a show. They wanted Conforto. Not to, he's really struggling lately. Overall, not doing great for San Fran. A 240 average, 12 home runs, 767 on, uh, OPS. So not great. I mean, not horrible, but not great. Lately, it's been horrible. He's really struggling lately. Hopefully that continues in this series. A former Blue Jay Ross Stripling was activated from the injured list a, a couple days ago. He actually may start in tonight's game, or we may see him at, at some point in Tuesday night's game as as the Giants may go to a bullpen game. Ross Stripling may be, may be included as part of that. Boy, if the San Francisco Giants got banged for the buck for Ross Stripling, and we don't want to talk ill because we love Ross Stripling, right? But open, honest conversation. San Fran brought in Stripling at two years, twenty-five million. He started seven games. Sorry, started nine games for the Giants so far. They've only won two of those games. Stripling himself is sitting at zero and two with an ERA so far over seven. So that sets the stage for the San Francisco Giants coming to town. Now, it is Trivia Tuesday, so let's get some trivia questions in here that have to do with 
the San Francisco Giants in town. The Red Sox are coming in town for the weekend. So there is one trivia question in, in here as well about the Red Sox. So we'll have the answer for these trivia questions on a show later on this week. Uh, probably on Wednesday's show, we're going to get Tim Leeper. Remember Tim Leeper, former Blue Jay first base coach? He's joining us this week. So we'll, we'll reveal the answers because we'll have some fun with Tim Leeper getting him to answer these questions as well. So we'll reveal that either Wednesday or Thursday, very likely on tomorrow on Wednesday's show. But first trivia question, which former MLB star was traded from the Toronto Blue Jays late in 1992 to the New York Mets for David Cohn? He would later on to become later on become a San Francisco Giant. And for years, he provided protection in that lineup for several years for Barry Bonds. Question number two, which switch hitting outfielder acquired at the trade deadline by the Blue Jays from Seattle in 1997 for Mike Timlin and Paul Sparjarek? And he would play his. He would play for the Blue Jays in his career. He would play for the Giants in his career. And he made the catch of the final out of the only no hitter in franchise history. That was Dave Steeb's no hitter in 1990. Who was that outfielder? Switch hitting outfielder. What Toronto Blue Jay in 2006 was traded to the San Francisco Giants for Vinnie Chulk and Jeremy Accardo and the. Notable thing about this particular trade is it was facilitated. It became necessary because mere days earlier, he got in a fight with then Blue Jay manager John Gibbons. Do you remember that? Yeah, which Toronto Blue Jay was that? That player went right from the Blue Jays to San Francisco a few days later. Which? What was the name of the ambidextrous pitcher who pitched for the Blue Jays and the Giants? Do you remember him? There was a pitcher he could pitch with his left or his right hand. So if a lefty came up, he just switched the glove and he pitched with his left hand. Righty came up, the exact same thing. Do you remember him? What was his name? Now he pitched for other teams besides the Blue Jays and the Giants, but the Blue Jays and Giants are in there. And then finally... Mentioned that the the Red Sox coming to town. Well, September 6th, 2020 was the longest nine-inning game in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. It was just a nine-inning game, yet it took almost four and a half hours. Which Blue Jay media personality hit his lone home run as a Blue Jay in that game? I believe he had about 36 in his career. Uh, I think it was his finishing his career, actually, in that in 2020 at, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Hit his lone home run as a Toronto Blue Jay in that marathon game, September 6th, 2020. That'll wrap up Tuesday's Locked on Blue Jay podcast. Be sure to join me tomorrow. Remember, we have Tim Leeper coming up this week. Also, on tomorrow's episode, going to take a look at, as we're deep diving, the midway point of the Toronto Blue Jay season. Every day, as we'll remember, there was a specific player I called out that had I thought had to be the X factor for the Blue Jays in 2023. We're going to deep dive how that's looking and did other players emerge as the as potential X factors in the first half of 2023. That's all on Locked On Blue Jays tomorrow. For now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Enjoy the game tonight. Remember, you can take that in on SiriusXM. Go Jays, go, and we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 